Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Chat of the Wild is a part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find out more information, as well as other great shows, go to greenlitpodcast.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild, Gaiden. In this season, we are going to be playing Oceanhorn, Monster of Uncharted Seas, as chosen by our patrons. Yay! Joining me for this season, we have from Luigi's apartment, Brian Hour. Hi, that's me. And from BC's house, BC Nelson. <laughs> What's good? So, this game here, as I said, chosen by our patrons. We had a list uh, for over on patreon.com slash chat of the wild. You can sign up for a dollar or more, and then you get to vote on that stuff. Uh, and they chose this game here, which I have actually 100% of this game, like, a little over a year ago, maybe a year and a half, something like that. All right. Uh, so, I'm I'm very fresh with this game. Brian and BC, I do not believe you've had any previous experience with this. I, I was aware of this game. Um, I didn't realize there was a second one, and I almost bought the second one by accident and started oh, playing no. that. Well, well, we'll talk about it later, but I wouldn't mind doing the follow-up after this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think I only became aware of this game because the second game was coming out, and people were like hyped for it because it, it looks slightly different than this game, right? Like it's doing a different style of Zelda almost. Right. This one this one absolutely is mimicking the overhead Zelda style, though it does it in an isometric view. Uh it, it is a, a full 3D rendered game. This game launched in 2013 for iOS. This was originally an iPhone game, and this was like an early iPhone game. If so, you're thinking about it like 2013, so we're talking eight years ago from so now. It was like a dollar ninety nine. Uh, some probably something like that, with big old touch screens controls over all over it. You can still yep. play it that way. Yeah. It's still available on on mobile, so you can do it that way. But this is on everything. Uh, eventually, they brought it to other systems, and here we are now. We're going to go ahead and play this game. This is uh, developed by Corn Fox and Brothers. Yeah, I, I I've don't had know their much uh, more about them. I've had their pancakes. They're really good. Okay. <laughs> They're uh, an indie studio in Finland. That's really all I okay. know about them. I mean, but they got some uh, some names on this, too. Right. Okay. So there the, the are two big names that you really got to mention on here because, you know, in general, this is a game that they clearly just wanted to make their own Zelda game, right? Yeah. Um, and they did that. But what really makes it stand out above everything else are two uh composers that they brought on here kenji ito one of the composers from the mana series and nobu omatsu uh one of the composers from the final fantasy series and i think it really stands out in this game 
<laughs> I literally saw that and I was like, Uematsu? I was like, I read that wrong. And then I saw Ito's <laughs> name and I was like, <laughs> I was like, maybe it was like Kanji Ito instead of Kenji Ito, like the off brand Kenji Ito. I, yeah. like, I assumed it had to be that. Like a composer in Japan legally changed his name to be like just one letter off, so he'd get bill, you know, get get work. Yeah, exactly. But I, no, here, and this game also has a opening credits, you know, crawl basically, not a crawl, yeah. but uh, you know, names it names before the the game starts. So this game starts up. It's a dark and stormy night. Oh, <gasps> I've never heard of that and, before. There is a, a, I don't know, this, he, he's a fisherman, but he looks really beat up and he's writing a note saying he's got to leave to fight some monster. Well, our, our hero wouldn't by chance be asleep in bed, would they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> During a storm. This is a Zelda-like. As a, as a parental figure in our life, heads out the door. So yeah, we have this, fi- we have this guy. Um, and he's, he's writing this note, this goodbye note while his son is asleep talking about some things that we don't really know what he's referencing at this moment. And then he just goes outside and this giant metal monster shows up and takes him away. Yeah. They've already name dropped the game. They've already said, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got to go kill ocean horn and I can't avoid him anymore or something like that. Yeah. He keeps calling. He keeps asking for his 350. Ocean Horn <laughs> just won't leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, then we, we we get the title drop there. Yeah. Um and also like what? Uh here's a sweet necklace kid. I mean, it was your mom's. She dead now, but here, have this. It'll help. I'm I'm going to call it right now that we're going to get to the end of the game and our dad will be Ocean Horn and we're actually dead. Um <laughs> And the cycle will continue. Yep. And then halfway through, we'll play some Blitzball. So uh, we wake up the next day. And of course, you know, again, wake up. We're still asleep. I don't think we know how long this has been because we wake up. When our dad left that, wrote that letter, we were in a house, mm-hmm. right? And well, we yeah. we woke up in a tent. Yeah. Dad, dad says to us here, hey, take this notebook. Uh, I took these notes when my dad did this and I had to do what you're about to do. So, hey, at least you've got some crib notes and you're going to go to this island. So, yeah, we wake up okay. after we have made it to that island and, and have been camping there. So we yeah, we wake up and we can wander around. We have a stick in our hand. Mm-hmm. That is our, our weapon that we have. Uh, some interesting things that this game does, uh, I feel, are the goals. You have like these mini goals that we're going to be getting ones for every island yeah. that we go to. Mm-hmm. And then there's also like overall goals that are based on reading signs, killing enemies, doing special things with mm-hmm. enemies, collecting coins. And then every time you level up, you get a little bonus. Sometimes it's just coins. Sometimes it's a increase to your strength. Yeah. And... um. um and then some of those bonuses aren't shown to you. Like the, the island, has, like you said, has has specific bonuses to it, like three things. 
You'll um, see them later. When okay. you get to certain, each of those uh, like are located on an island somewhere. When you go there, it'll the those three will pop up, mm-hmm. like being be shown there, and they're just tied to islands for completion. But you can you can complete it anywhere, basically. Uh, so we get out, we wander around. We've got some enemies. You know, th- this this is a Zelda game. We've got hearts on the top. Uh, we are opening up treasure chests, and when we do, the camera spins around us, and we put things above. We like put our hands up in the air, and all this stuff. And it's, it is they wanted to make a Zelda game, and they made a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know, it's. I will say because I have completed this game, I'm not going to like spoil anything, mostly because I don't remember a lot of it. But uh, I was going, I was going for a platinum. I was really focused on getting those trophies on this game. Right. Um, but you know. They went out. They wanted to make their own Zelda game. They do accomplish that, but I don't feel like they did much more than that for this game. I'm very excited to see what they do in the next one, but just going to go ahead and put that out here. Maybe if I'm not looking for trophies, I'll have a greater appreciation for the game itself. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, they went ahead and made a, you know, in 2013, a mobile facsimile you could play on your phone anywhere you wanted to. So, yeah, sure. I mean, we get we get uh, everything's got a health meter. We have a stamina bar. There's like we can we can dash. Some not everything uses your stamina, but um, I, I feel like the stuff that's used, like the A buttons, uh, the A button stuff is kind of awkward. The dashing is awkward. You get or X button. I'm- <laughs> oh yeah, I'm on A button. Sorry, I'm on Switch. I'm on Switch too. And you get maybe two seconds of dashing with your mm-hmm. stamina bar. I didn't even realize I was dashing because it was over so quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to say you get increased stamina bar as you level up. I, I assume so. I would hope so. Uh, but I don't think you can fix the problem where if you like tap the dash button, you'll get a little bit of a boost. But like then he'll he'll stop running. But that stamina bar still just keeps ticking down. It takes it a second to catch up with you, and mm, it just drains so fast. Um, mm. So yeah, um, I mean, there's some swimming, but like you, we can't really swim very far before we just sink to the bottom because the stamina bar goes away, and it takes right. forever to come back. Uh, so, what do y'all think of the visuals of this game? Because I, I think you know, again, keeping in mind this was a mobile game from eight years ago, uh, I still think this looks good. Yeah. I think looks it looks nice. fine. Um, it clearly went the Wind Waker route of, you know, bright, sunny, like, warm palette, mm-hmm. island aesthetics, um, which it's just done in a way that's, like, ages well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we've, we've talked about how, like, you do the right kind of art style and, you know, it'll last a while. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. and then we see some, we'll see some other regions at the end of this episode and maybe one of them looked pretty, I mean, they all kind of look pretty similar, but. So we wander around and we can run into the hermit as he is named. Old man. Uh, surprisingly not a crab. No. <laughs> uh, were you, were you hoping for crabs? <laughs> I was expecting it. Okay. <laughs> there are crabs though. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, didn't mention the. The beginning of this uh, this scene here, when we're on this island, the necklace floats into a cave and tells us to go to it. 
That yeah. is where that is where we are prompted for our mission mm-hmm. in this episode. Uh, but if we talk to the hermit, he basically just says, you know, keep doing your training. Uh, and that that's kind of like it. He just says, go run around, do all that. I'm the hermit. Your dad lived uh, here too when he was your age. If you, you can go into his house, but you can't do anything in there yeah. just yet, except for maybe pick up some pots and toss them around. Mm-hmm. Um, or set them guys, down. Or set them down. Uh, I just kept chucking stuff at him because mm-hmm. I thought it was funny because mm-hmm. his head just kind of twitched. Anytime you like threw stuff at him, but yeah. that was it. He kind of like turns Ooh. to you as well. Mm-hmm. That's, and he's like, are you still having those nightmares? And I'm like, yes, that's why I'm uh, a violent little kid. I have nightmares and my dad, my parents are gone. My parents are dead. So I'm going to throw pots at you. Yes. Uh, but if you do go up to the treasure chest, Brian, did you do this beforehand? To, did it tell you what you needed to open the treasure chest? The master key? Yep. You have to find the master key. Yeah. Uh, which in order to open this chest, which opens is like, multiple things too. It opens right. a door. This is a multi-use key. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we can wander around here, fight some more enemies. We do have some like crabs that we can fight. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have these things that straight up look like chews, but with spikes in them. Yeah, yeah. It's like a like a mace version of a wabafet. They look like blue cactuses almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, we also have these checkpoint markers that are like radios. They almost they they look like some kind of uh, I don't know weird su- I don't know steampunk looking radio type of thing. It's hard mm-hmm. to describe it. It's it's it feels out of place in it everything else here. It was made by here. the Arcadians. It says so. Right, mm. which we don't really the, even the, talk the, about the Arcadians the yet. Not the Sheikah. No. Um, uh, also the, uh, the, this, this made me happy is, um, the fact that there are jars and you can, th- they tell one of the signs is like, throw this at an enemy. And I was like, oh yeah. And one hit took out an enemy mm-hmm. that took me four hits to do, uh, with my stick, with my little homeless right. kid stick. So, um, yeah, this is, uh, the return of using jars to destroy things like it like my favorite item in a link to the past are the jars um <laughs> they're everywhere and they're super useful for just they throw straight i think uh link's awakening and my problem was they had this arc to them and i would just throw them over everything but yeah i've i've been killing things with jars every chance i can because it's just so much easier so sure. that that's a plus point for me i'm i'm already loving that I do like how frantic you can be with the sword. That if you can get up to the enemy, you can get him in a corner. You can just keep smashing that button and take him out pretty quick, and you know have him stunned in a corner there. Yeah, which just is fun, you know. We uh, we we explore around a little bit. We'll find there's a cave that you can go into. Uh, so there's no jumping in this game, but there yeah. is some uh, verticality to it. And you do have to keep that in mind where basically you need to be above something and you got to kind of strategically drop down on these ledges in order to get to like certain treasure chests or to grab some coins or whatever mm. there is. Uh, we do come across a little cave that you can kind of wrap around. Uh, you go down some, go down a ladder, go through up a ladder, mm-hmm. treasure chest somewhere. We can find crystals in these treasure chests. Oh, yeah, yeah. That will give us, that, that's rough, basically our XP. It was a rough crystal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the enemies drop crystals too, but when I picked it up, it said 
a like plus one vagrant or whatever, and I was like, the name of this this currency are vagrants. That seems like a weird name for a currency. But, no, but no, you are. That is your classification yeah. right now. When I'm we're level one, we're a vagrant, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm living in a tent on an island <laughs> that I just showed up to in a boat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm totally a vagrant. Uh, I think we become a a traveler when we hit level two, and that's when I was like, yeah. oh yeah, that that would have been a dumb name for a currency. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but if we we keep going to where our magic necklace went, we can go down into this cave. And uh, we have a few block puzzles uh, with buttons that we have to push down on. Uh, You can, fortunately, you can just like pick up any pot and then drop it on the buttons and it'll do the same. Because we go into one area where they kind of want you to push this block over it. Mm -hmm. But if you just carry a pot and put a pot down on it, it does the same thing. So I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if like speedrunners do stuff like that or, you know, maybe grab the barrel because you can chuck barrels and they won't break. Okay. So that could be potentially a a quicker way to activate those things. I didn't try to pick up a barrel. I'm actually kind of disappointed in, well, maybe it'll work now once we get the sword, but the stick won't break pots so yeah i just wanted to smash pots with my stick Mm -hmm. sure yeah Um, so there's some of those things um, have we gotten a switch that we step on and it stays down yet we got two different colored switches there was a red one and then some blue ones but both of them seem to be presser switches so i don't believe so we do come across a reset switch as well yeah and I was, I was, Which is strange. I was like, That's I thought that was a nice touch, actually, because I, I can think of so many times where I've been playing like a puzzle game, a game with puzzles, and it's like, all right, got to walk out of this room and reset everything. And it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to just take two steps to the left and reset. And I think that also gives you an indication of what you should be using for the puzzle. So like, if you reset it and then, or you don't know what you're doing and you reset the room oh, and like, oh, yeah. these boulders are back in place, then you know. Fair. I, I was a little apprehensive because I was like, that that's that's good, but that all could also mean that the developers were just like, oh, you can totally ruin this. And like a lot of our puzzles can be just like hard to the point where you're just ruining the entire room to try and figure it out. So let's just give them a, you know, a, a reset switch. Um, but it could also just be a convenient thing. They were like, this should be fine. I just was hoping that the puzzles aren't going to be completely ridiculous. Right. But after we solve a couple of those puzzles, we do get a sword and shield. Thanks uh, mom's necklace. Yeah. Unlike, uh, unlike Zelda, where we would have to find those like individually, this, these come as a pair. So <laughs> yeah. that's nice. <laughs> that stood out to me. I was like, oh, they're both here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So before we go on, we're going to take a quick break and we get back. We'll talk more about Oceanhorn. Hello, everybody. Let's talk about Patreon. Patreon.com slash chat of the wild. C H A T O F T H E W I L D. Guide in. Chat. <laughs> no, no guiding in there. Um, although, just gonna, we were just talking about this in between the recording. People that don't know, just do a quick little summary. Gaiden, G-A-I-D-E-N. It's a Japanese term that means side story. The reason that we use that is because after Ocarina of Time came out, there was a codename Zelda Gaiden that eventually became Majora's Mask. 
There was also Zelda Uru, which became the Master Quest. Mm-hmm. So that is that's that's a bit of knowledge that even modern Zelda fans don't all know. So when we use that term, there's been enough people that have been like, you know, they don't know what it means. They haven't heard this. It's not an English term, you know. Yeah, it gets anyway. used in 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 Japanese narrative stuff too. Like it it, it means another story or a side story. So you've got like Ninja Gaiden series and and other games have used Gaiden before, right? But Anyway, for our Patreon, you can go there, patreon.com slash chat of the wild for as little as a dollar or more a month. You can help support us. And we have some fun things that you can do with us when you're a part of that group. We have uh, our new side quest sh- uh, show, our Gaiden like podcast. <laughs> That's going to be just so much more confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chat of the wild side quest. Uh, we just did turn it boy commits tax evasion the patrons get to pick which game we're playing and for the next month they voted for bloodborne yay so we're gonna be playing (laughs) bloodborne um i i bc loves bloodborne i really like bloodborne i haven't been able to beat it because it's so hard brian i had a great time similar boat yeah Yeah. great game but now we've got to really actually try Yeah. yeah it's an excuse to fire up bloodborne and start all over again so that's great Another cool thing that you get is that whenever you first join, we send you a little form that you fill out to talk about your favorite Zelda things, Uh, your favorite Zelda games, Zelda items, all that stuff. Uh, And we do have a new patron this month, this episode, and uh, that is Boris. He just says you can call me Boris because he's got a longer name that he says us Westerners have trouble pronouncing. So... Boris, uh, thanks for Americans. joining. Americans, English speakers. Amer- sure. He, he, yeah. American English speakers. <laughs> he's, he's from <laughs> Northwestern Europe, so he's technically a Westerner as well. But Yes. The first question, what is your favorite Zelda and why? Boris says this is a hard question. Uh, from the very first NES through Wind Waker to Breath of the Wild, they all hold a special place in my heart. The most fond memories I have... Uh, go to both Oracle games and getting a second Game Boy Color to finally connect them and get the extra ending. That is some expense. Yeah, like many people were fortunate to know someone else that had a Game Boy Color or Advance that they could connect to. And if they both happen to get the game, but even if like you're the only Zelda fan, you still had to buy two Zelda games to get the true ending or something, <laughs> let alone having to buy another Game Boy. That's the joys of having a sibling, Jeremy. It's yeah. like growing yeah. up, you know, my brother and I, we got got matching games. So if there was ever a link cable needed, we had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boris says he must have played through those two games 10 times each. Nice. They are very, very good Zelda games mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, says his favorite Zelda item is the spinner from Twilight Princess. Need that in Breath of the Wild 2. Why not? You know, I'd they take throw it. random things in there. I mean, make it so it breaks eventually or something, right? But throw the spinner in there. I mean, why not? I'm down for you it. Do, you know, sky surfing and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then asking if he has a favorite Zelda-like. Now, he brings up a game that I'm not familiar with. Um, he talks about uh, dying over and over again in Rogue Heroes Ruins of Tassos. Okay. I have to look that one up. Let me do that real quick. 
Yeah, yeah. This is a Team 17 game. Oh. Oh, it just came out. Okay. Okay, looking it up, I mean, this looks to be a fairly new game that I think we will possibly have to consider. Four-player um, action RPG? Yes, please. Okay, this is interesting. All right. Thank you, Boris, for bringing this up. We're going to have to throw that on the list and uh, keep an eye on that one. You see how easy it is to put uh, multiplayer online in your in your action RPG game? Mana creators. You're really talking to them right now? What? Well, we just, we just <laughs> talked about... I, was th I thought you were going to be like Anthem or Avengers or something, and then you're just like, the Mana games? Yeah, we just talked about it a week ago. So about how how that would be great if we could play Secret of Mana, the three of us not together everybody online. Heard that. Not huh? everybody heard that. Well, not everyone heard that. that well, was they should. Entry. They should subscribe. They should go to chatofthewild.com/slash/patreon. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I should make a link to that. I couldn't do that actually. I yeah, you probably that. should. Other thing that you get. Thank you so much, Boris. Thank is, you, Boris. Uh, thank you so you much. Get special access to our Discord. There is a free version that you can get on there. Um, be nice, be friendly when you go on there. This is a family-friendly room, so if you're going to join up, keep that in mind. Got a lot of great people on there. Uh, Brian, you do some things that you talk about on the Discord? Yeah, I mean, I hang out in the Discord a lot, Tiffy and I, and then I also stream, and so I talk about the streaming stuff on the Discord. Uh, so since we're playing through Oceanhorn right now, I'm playing through Oceanhorn Probably today, you know, it, when this podcast launches, I'll be playing more Oceanhorn tonight, if you're listening to this in the morning when it releases. So, um, yeah, but Zelda, Zelda, Mario, and Bloodborne will be happening on the stream soon, because... Oh, that's going to be, that's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to have to, I mean, I practically don't play video games unless I'm streaming anymore, so I'm going to have to play it on there at some point. So, yeah, that's, that's the stream. It's Luigi's Apartment. Just go to luigisapartment.com. That'll link right to my stream. Uh, also, uh, with GDQ, GDQ is happening this week. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, that is the speedrunning festival charity event. And what better time for me to be involved with a new podcast called Need for Speedrunning that uh, launched uh, very recently, all about speedruns, uh, with a couple people who are involved with GDQ stuff, um, Spike and Hobbs. So yeah, check out Brian's other show that he does need for speed running yeah. and on to your podcast players. Yeah. It's on everything pretty much. Also, I have a show called podcast advance where myself and a guest each week talk about a single game boy advance game. We're going through them in order. I've had some really great guests so far. It's been a blast. Uh, this last week I had Craig Harris, co-founder of IGN on there, talk to him about like the launch of the game boy advance and covering that. Some of the stuff we, the, the source of, of each episode is an individual game, but sometimes we talk about other things. Uh, you can look forward to a number of great episodes in the future with different podcasters. I've even got someone, a former Nintendo Treehouse writer uh, that did one with me that was a lot of fun. Podcast Advance on all the favorite, on all your favorite podcast players. Subscribe, give me a review, all that fun stuff. Yay! Anyways... That's it. Let's go ahead and kick it over to some other great green lit podcast shows. Hey there, this is Jeremy Parrish, and if you're a fan of classic video game soundtracks, or if you just love 20-minute rock epics about war-ready armadillos that battle Catholicism, you should listen to Alexander's Ragtime Band. 
Join the power trio of myself, Elliot Long, and James Eldred each month as we talk about the most pretentious music of all, progressive rock, right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Do you like the TV show Friends? Then check out Watching Friends with me, Mark, and me, Ryan, every week as we go through every episode of this iconic TV show, giving you behind-the-scenes facts, our thoughts on every scene, and some personal stories. Do you remember which actor can't remember many seasons of the show? How about the common household object that could never be seen on the show? We've got the answers and more as we explore Friends in depth every week. Watching Friends, only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So, we've got our weapon, we've got our shield, we've got a magic necklace. Let's go talk to an old man. Yeah. That's, that's the logical step, right? Right. Yeah. Old man. We go back to the hermit. He's just like, oh, you weren't supposed to find all that stuff yet. We, he was supposed to do more training for us. Um, but we so, skipped the training montage. So, yeah, I didn't have to paint his fence or wax his car. Mm-hmm. And so he says, all right, fine. Well, uh, let's go read some stories then. Go back to my hut. I'm going to read to you from the scriptures. Uh, this is where he brings up the Arcadians. Uh, when we mentioned it with that radio checkpoint thing, they just say like, oh, it's made by the Arcadians. You know the Arcadians anyway. (laughs) But this, we get an idea that the Arcadians are like an ancient race of people that lived in a world that flourished with technology and I guess maybe magic, I guess. Yeah, magic and, they said magic and technology. Okay. Like flourished. Um, But then a war broke out led by the Dark Lord Megaroth. Which, you know, no one named Megaroth is, Sorry, is a Mesmeroth. protagonist. Or Mesmeroth, that's right. Mesmeroth. Mesmeroth, that's... You're born to be an antagonist, if that's your name. He had to have picked that name right? later. It's like uh, uh, Kenju Ita from, from the beginning. Like that, he picked that name. That, that's not his real name. <laughs> uh, but... Mesmeroth and I guess incited a war uh, that destroyed all of the land and awoken the ancient beasts, including Oceanhorn and uh, what was it called? It awoken um, the void. I mean, ancient beasts. The the tr- there's there's a lot of terms oh, that were introduced yeah. here. There's the Triloth. Yes, which I we- believe are are the gods. I, I thought well, the tri- I think they said it was just like dark energy. Okay. okay, I thought Triloth were the the monsters. The monsters, uh, it, I think, were born of the Triloth. Mm. Sort of like a uh, cosmic, you know, cosmic dust. Eventually, a a planet forms or a star forms or whatever. Yeah. Yes, they they referred to the Triloth as the, as the dark energy, uh, and in order to in order to correct all of this, we have to find. The three ancient relics. Does that sound familiar? Well, does he tell he, us all this yet? Because I know he splits the story in half. Cause yeah, yeah. Little... Th- this is this is the part that like this is what everybody knows. Like he's like la- laying down. Mm. Like this is this is our religion, lore, world history, whatever. He eventually gets into like speculation, <laughs> but th- that's the next time. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh... But that, that is basically our goal here, that we, uh, in a way, we are like the chosen. Yeah. It seems. Over, over time, the other, the other monsters died, but Oceanhorn remains. 
Um, which I thought he was like, there's multiple monsters other than Ocean Horn. I'm like, yeah, they'll be in the sequel. Don't worry about them, kid. And then he's like, but they're dead now. And I was like, oh, okay. Ocean Horn remains. Well, the, the, the Ocean Horn 2 is a prequel, so. Oh. Oh. So it's we get to be dad? <laughs> or like. Pa- well, I think it takes place like hundreds of years or something okay, like so that before. Okay, so great, 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 great grandpa. Right. But he, you know, he says like, all right, that's enough story time. I'm tired. Go to bed. Yeah. Let's get some sleep. Yeah. And, and he specifically and, says, go to like your watch or your lookout. And it kind of makes sense that like we're camped up on this, you know, this hill next to the water because we're supposed to be a lookout. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Which I mean, we're we terrible at, by the way. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> we immediately fall asleep. Um, and when we do, bad guy on a, on a steamboat shows up. Yeah. It's got that, like, that is, weird mask thing from the the droid control ship in episode one. Like, <laughs> but he summons some, I don't know, robo droids, crabs, droids. robo lobster things or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how to describe these. Droidicas. Um, they, they, uh, they come on the shore and then it's just like next morning. And then Hermit is like, ah, get away from me. Die, you fiends. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's just go see how he's doing. I'm sure he's fine. He's having his morning coffee. He's reading it. No, he's in trouble. Right. And then he's just like, oh, crap. Okay, things are moving a lot quicker than I thought. Uh, we've got to go and find some of the, the ancient relics now. I well, thought we had more time before Oceanhorn called and asked about our car's extended warranty. <laughs> Ocean Horror won't leave this family alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then, like, the old man seems to be like, like, look, you know what? I've got an idea on how we can break this little cycle, because it sounds like our dad did did a bunch of stuff, and now it didn't help. I don't know if he's off being, like, Zelda from Breath of the Wild, where he's holding Ocean Horn off for us. Or if he's you know, like or Darunia, like hey hey, I'm gonna go ahead. You you catch up with that hammer later, in uh in in the fire temple. But like our dad did something as a kid. But the the way the old man talks about it, he's like, look, I've got an idea. There's these three things. You're gonna have to get them, and that might like stop all of this from happening again. Right. And so he describes to us some places. He says that the the emblem of Earth. Is with the Oru people that is in the Perta Desert. Um, Looks about the same the terrain did when they showed us. Yeah, maybe a uh, little we, sandier. Right, we do see like a troll-looking guy on lookout there. Uh, then we have the emblem of ocean belong to the Gill folk. Uh, these are fish people. Mm-hmm. Sound familiar? Which I thought was super. Like, are we seriously going to have a water-based biome? In a game where we sail around a bunch of islands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, it just a looked, little bit more creative here. It just looked foggy and blue. Like, it's just going to be land, but just blue foggy land with fish people. It, it'll be in a cave. These these people live in watery caves. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, under some, some underwater cave system or something. Uh, and then they talk about the Emblem of Sun it was a pride of Arcadia, but we don't get to see where that is. Because mm-hmm. that is like an, a, a long lost land. Okay, like we have not seen that. So that's okay. So that's Arcadia. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Arcadia is a is a 
like a place the Arcadians came from, and it's totally got a like Atlantis uh, lore feel to it. Like that place is collapsed and gone. It no longer exists. Yeah. So uh, the hermit gives us a key. Tells us that we need to go to uh, Tickerail Island. Tic- mm. I don't know how you want to pronounce that. Uh, but that is where we can find some more information. It's where he gives us access to his boat. Uh, and We didn't have we... a boat already? I thought that was our boat. It was our boat, but it was locked away. It was locked away. For some reason. Yeah. It's like, look, I knew your dad. He sailed almost immediately. It was real bad. I had to bring him back. So I'm going to teach you some stuff first. Right. But yeah. So when we get on our boat, it does show another island, but we're not going to be going there yet. Uh, it is kind of funny when you do get on your boat and it shows a new island, it literally comes out of the water. Uh, it, but when we're going to go to the island, there's people there. So it's like <laughs> it's it's more symbolic for whatever map we're using. Yeah, that it appears. It's not like these islands are coming coming to be as as we learn about them or anything. Uh, it's just it's just the way the app was was uh, written. For the next episode, we are going to be entering the forest shrine, fighting the boss there, see what they have, do some exploring. That's uh one of the great things about this game is it is very uh, encouraging for exploration. Uh, there's a lot of side objectives to do, very rewarding part of the game as well. So do all that, beat the boss, waiting for us in the forest shrine, and we will meet back here and talk about it on Chat of the Wild. Gaiden.